Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And welcome, 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 everyone. We are talking about a quantum shift that we can experience in the physical and through our mind, body, and soul. We are talking about a cleanse program that is not your ordinary cleanse program. It truly is a lifestyle change. And as we have seen so far this year, we've been upgrading on many, many levels. And here is another beautiful opportunity to upgrade with a beautiful cleansing process. We're going to talk about that today as my guest is Jonathan Glass. He is the author of The Total Life Cleanse and he's the co-creator of the Total Life Cleanse program. He comes with a background as a master acupuncturist and also in the Ayurvedic healing arts. Let's welcome Jonathan Glass to Quantum Conversations. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, Loren. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. This is a great conversation that we're going to talk about. I love how you were led to this in your own life, in your own journey of how you healed, you you witnessed some healing in your own life. And it's all the background in the many traditions that you've studied. So let's talk about this cleanse here. Uh, how did you come up with this um, total life cleanse? Great. Yeah, so as a uh, fairly new acupuncturist back in the 90s, my colleague who was a chiropractor, and we were on vacation together on Martha's Vineyard on the, uh, out here on the East Coast, and we were talking about what we were calling our difficult patients. And there's nothing like being a holistic practitioner and, and being really frustrated with helping people. 
And, you know, there's certain people that no matter what we did, no adjustments or herbs or functions, the people weren't really make. some people just weren't making the changes that they needed to make. And so we realized that a lot of this had to do with lifestyle and diet, and people just couldn't make those changes on their own. So we decided to put together a program. It took us uh, probably about six months to put it together. And our first program was the five-week, we used to call it the total body cleanse. And um, the results with that first group were just so amazing and so striking that it just became a part of my practice. So I've been doing it ever since then. Good, and you've seen remarkable results. It really is life-changing results. And we're going to talk about the specifics of it because it is more of a plant-based diet. And we've talked about this on this program frequently yes. of the need that many are feeling uh, the, moving away from, from meat. And as we go on our inner journey, some feel guilty if they still have meat or have the cravings for meat. So talk a little bit about meat and going completely vegetarian or vegan or sure. really what we can do here. It's a bridge. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a really great question because, you know, as you know and, and many people are experiencing right now, it's it can be a very charged issue. It can be a very charged issue. Um, I've been personally... I've been vegetarian since 1982, and um, so it's it's been a commitment, and it's not something that's difficult. But there was at different times a learning curve, and um, not just about uh, learn how to eat well because it's not it's not a, a great way to go. So eating well, eating healthy is really, really important. Um, but we do know that on, on practically every level, it makes sense to be a vegetarian or at least a 95% plant-based eater. Um, it's, it's, the data is in about the health as it relates to cardiovascular disease, as it relates to diabetes, as it relates to cancer, as it relates to all these modern diseases. The data is really, really clear. The, the, the most scientific research that has been done um, is the, the safest diet way of eating. Um, and then, of course, we know of the environmental impact. I'm sorry, on the environment, the meat industry is, is by far the most, um, let's see, uh, uh, degrading and... Um, devastating industry on the planet, um, both inside the slaughterhouses and outside, what's, what's happening in, in every way in terms of what's going on inside the slaughterhouses, what's in terms of the drugs, the medications, the toxins, the poisons, the pesticides, it's a really, really, really unclean industry. Um, and it has great impact on the environment. Environment. And of course, devastation in terms of forests, 
water, you know, all the uh, that we require to live to a significant degree by the large agro animal industry. So, um, yeah, so it's a really significant uh, impact on the environment. And of course, you know, the other thing that a lot of people don't talk about much, of course, we talk about in terms of organizations like PETA and things like that, but how we put in our bodies, you know, there are sages and sadhus and yogis that can transform anything they come in contact with. But for most of us, we are on a path of personal growth, spiritual development. And when we take the energy uh, into our body of a dead creature, it's tremendously throughout its life. Um, it's probably been very sad. Almost all the chicken from slaughterhouses has various forms of cancer. And we're taking animals into our body. This is a frequency and a vibration that's impacting uh, the physical body, the mind, the intelligence, the intellect, levels of denial, our consciousness. Um, so it's really quite a remarkable thing. And then the other thing is when we're taking in violence, um, we have to go into a certain level of of suffering, not just to that animal, but the whole industry. So that's another level of it. So we're taking in that vibration. And, you know, the other thing is as we begin to awaken as human beings on this planet, we start to recognize that life exists everywhere. And what is the nature of that life, which is the soul or consciousness? And every living being has consciousness. And in fact, every living being is looking for love and happiness. So you know, if you pat a cow, you pat a dog, you pat a cat, you pat a squirrel, you know, they're all looking for affection. Everyone's looking for But to think that we are so distinct from the animals, we are human beings are very different in some ways to our capacity for rationality, due to our capacity to seek truth, pure love. There's so many benefits of being human. So there's many qualities that we have a great deal of similarity with the animals, including animals. So to say things like an animal doesn't have a soul, it doesn't feel, doesn't have consciousness, that's just not, there's really no logic in that statement. So I believe personally that in order to evolve personally uh, as individuals and as a planet, we have a plant-based diet. And one mm -hmm. um, used to say, if you know, as long as we are slaughtering animals, there will always be a war, because if we really want peace, you know, the thing is we have to look deeply into what is obstructing peace on this planet. And if we have these thousands of animals are being slaughtered every single day, mm -hmm. how can we really expect to have peace? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. 
Thank okay. you. That is um, beautiful. We actually are having a, a, some technical audio difficulties on your end. It may be, I don't know if it's a Wi-Fi connection. Could you call in? I just resent that to you on your email, Jonathan, uh, the phone number. And I'm going to recap what you said there. You're welcome to stay on the line here as you dial in, and then we can disconnect you. I'll disconnect you here from this end. That makes me never... I mean, yes, when when we look at it that way from a level of consciousness, um, it, it, it is not desirable to eat meat. I know that sometimes people, um, we've heard that if you have a certain blood type, it may be necessary for you to eat meat or to listen enough to your body that if you feel that you need to eat um you know, if you need to eat meat, to, to to honor that and go for it. So it's all part of a journey. And I think what I love the most about this program is that it is a it is a bridge. You know, when we're going to talk about how we go through that cleanse there, Jonathan. But sure. when we bridge the, um, you know, when we go through a cleanse like that, and 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 your cleanse, it's it's. We could say it's gentle. You know, if someone is um, eating a lot of, um, let's say, junk food, um, they may have a more difficult time with it. But for the most part, it is a gentle experience. And when you come out of it, the tendency to fill your tank back up with that old stuff is not so high, right? We want to kind of be pure anyway. So there could be – so for those, I guess – I guess it's important not to feel guilty if you still feel that you need meat, right? right. But what you just said there was, <laughs> it's so true. It is so true. And right. um, when we think about that and contemplate it, I think there's a natural tendency to cut back on that. Absolutely. You know, I, I just, and I really didn't address that one point. That's a really important point. And I, I, um, I think it's important to one have compassion to yourself for where you're at mm-hmm. and two for people that don't eat meat to have compassion and understanding for people that are at least making an effort to eat less meat or no meat um it's i mean there was a time when most of us i, I sometimes I, I i hear people being very critical and i like to remind them well there was a time when you were struggling with the very same thing and sometimes people forget that, that, you know, there was a time mm-hmm. in their life, whether it was a year ago or 10 years ago, that they were going through the exact same process and the exact same realizations and uh, considerations that were, you know, occurring in the consciousness. And we have to remember that, you know, most people on this planet for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years have included um, a great deal of meat in their diet. I mean, there, there are cultures that eat far less, no doubt. And usually those are the ones that live the longest. But you know, it's sort of in our not quite in our DNA, but it's it's part of the, it's in our ancestral lineage of um, of eating animal food. It's just that in this particular age that we're living in, it's gotten so degrading and so devastating for health, uh, body, mind, and spirit, and the planet that it's really something we have to take a good look at. I mean, the Native Americans ate meat and they would travel along the land and sometimes they would and sometimes they wouldn't but 
they would respect the animals and the mm-hmm. way that we're we're living right now there is very little respect of animals it's gotten to the point where they are just commodity and that mm-hmm. affects consciousness it's a level of denial and if we want peace we're going to have to shift that type of thinking and mm-hmm. but we are bodies and some bodies are used to eating animal protein or animal meat and you know they have to develop strategies and ways of being satisfied, especially in the beginning, uh, so that they don't feel the need or the desire for the meat as much. And there are strategies that we that I recommend to people for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's beautiful. Yes, thank you. It really it makes sense. All right, and peace on earth it comes from that. Um, so exactly. thanks. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Well, let's talk about the program then because there's some aspects to it. And uh, how does it work? Tell us. Yeah, so the way it works is that um, people come together either in in person or virtually. And um, they get, uh, we we meet about four times for a couple hours and over a 28-day period. And um, during that time I give full uh, online support. We have about 30 videos. I have a book, and they get some really great, high-quality, uh, uh, supportive products for a, a smooth and gentle detox process. And there is a step-by-step process where um, sort of four phases of the program. And the first phase, you're, you're gently letting go of some things, whether that's uh, red meat, whether that's uh, coffee, whether it's alcohol, whether it's you know wheat, sugar, uh, dairy. So we're letting go in the first week. In the second week, we're going deeper. We're doing a, a lot of um, a dish called kitchri, which is an Ayurvedic dish. It's a traditional cleansing dish. And we're also integrating some smoothies. And there's a lot of education in the process. So you know the, the mind and the intellect also need to be nourished and cleansed so that we understand why we're doing this, there's a lot of Ayurveda, which is the the wisdom of knowledge from of medicine from India, and um, it's very common sense. And sometimes when we just hear the knowledge um, in a very straightforward way, then it appeals to the mind, it appeals to the intellect, and then it's much easier to do the things that we're being asked to do. And uh, so it's a four-week period. The next week we go a little bit deeper. We dive into greens. We dive into um, lots of veggies, a ton of veggies, and we're really lightening up the diet. At that point, I do recommend uh, whether someone you know, wants to be a vegetarian or not when the cleanse is over, that that week they're 100% vegetarian. And we're actually vegan because we're no, doing no dairy at that time. So you know, a cleanse is a cleanse. We are cleansing from many, many things on many levels. And um, so that's one of the things that, that, that we're able to do during that time. And then the last week, we're, we're gradually coming out of the cleanse. And all along, we're doing things like a media fast. We're, we're, we're minimizing our exposure to media. We are mm-hmm. uh, increasing our meditation. There's some very simple uh, meditation techniques that I recommend, breathing techniques that are really helpful in aligning your intention uh, of, of your health and body, mind and soul with the cleanse process. Mhm. Really I want I love that it's really it's like a retreat. It's an inner retreat. Um exactly. much more than a than a cleanse. Uh and right. when we do this, what's very interesting is when we lighten up this diet, 
um, it's almost like a slow down because there's so much, I call it a slow down because back in the day, you know, if we were fasting, it's called a fast, but what happens to our psyche is really like a slow down. We have a lot more time. And so as we go through this, it's a, a very inward journey and there's great insight that can come out of this as well. Do you find that you get, some people could call it downloads, or you have uh, epiphanies or aha moments that can actually move you forward on your path and dreams? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we have <clears throat> a, lot of, a lot of couples um, tend to do the cleanse together, and this is happening more and more, which I'm really happy to see. Years ago, it was usually just the wives, honestly. Uh, more, far more women were doing it. But these days, a lot of men are, are joining us as well, which is really awesome. And mm-hmm. um, so there's a, there's a nice balance, and people are definitely, uh, I think the, the, one of the first things that happens is first just recognizing how powerful making dietary and lifestyle shifts can really be. I mean, some people really have no clue that that's even a possibility. And then when they realize that, my gosh, you know, I'm getting older, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of you know, say people in their 40s and 50s, they're starting to notice the, you know, the impact of aging. And I meet so many people who have sort of just accepted that, okay, this is it's just all downhill from here. And then it, for many people, it's almost like a rebirth in the sense that when they start taking responsibility for their health and body and mind, um, there's a, a renewed enthusiasm for life, a new, renewed perception, uh, a renewed connection with, you know, life has meaning. It's not just about work. It's not just about, you know, getting the kids through college or whatever. There's There's a lot of meaning. And we find that people get quite excited and enthusiastic about life again. Um, and that's really wonderful to see. In Chinese medicine, there's something called the, the hun, and the hun, hun resides in the liver. And the hun is the, the part of us that is excited about life, enthusiastic, um, wants to learn, wants to grow. Um, it's like a little kid who just who, who, who's very excited about everything. And sometimes when the liver gets stagnant, and it can get stagnant for lots of reasons, emotional reasons, but even literally toxins, the toxins of life can put burden on the liver. And when that happens, we lose our zip for life. We lose our zest for life. It's that much harder to be enthusiastic and, and creative and visionary and continue to move forward in, in, in uh, wonderful ways in our life when the liver gets stagnant, when the liver gets tired. We tend to get irritable, sluggish, tired. Doing a cleanse relieves a lot of that. So it opens up not just the the physical eyes, but the the visionary eyes for what's possible. So it's it's a really it's a wonderful thing to watch people go through it. Yes. Okay. So um, the detox process, the cleanse. Can you explain a little bit how that works for those who may not know? Um, we are when you're. It's it, this is not a fast, right? Because Correct. we're eating so. Um, maybe you can explain um, how 
this allows the body to detox. There's like, you know, we could eat special herbs or a, a bunch of cilantro. So the diet is really important. Um, and yeah. so how we detox, but then also how do we deal with the cravings that may come yeah. up? Yeah, that's true. Cravings will definitely come up. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think I'll actually answer the craving question first, too, because a lot of people are concerned. They think, oh, I can't do this. And um, the cravings really, the intense cravings, usually are for, uh, in the first couple days. And if you can get through those first couple days, then you're usually, uh, you know, you're on, a, you're on a roll, and that's what happens. I've, I've seen over the years, and it, I, I used to have, um, well, there would be people that would be going through the cleanse, and I just would wonder, my gosh, can this person do this? I mean, they, they, they're coming from a place of absolutely no interest in that, this type of thing, but their husband or their wife or their friend kind of dragged them along, mm-hmm. or they're just unhealthy and they're just trying anything. But it, it, sometimes it seems that, that this quote type of person uh, can't do it, but I don't think like that anymore, because over the years I have seen people that I I just thought it would be so difficult for them, but what I've learned is that the human spirit is really resilient, and if and if they're if we're focused and if our intention is to feel better, and whether that's feeling better physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, if we have some desire to do that if we're given the tools and if we have the right association. And that's one of the beautiful things of the cleanse is, is having that that support of other people, like-minded people or other people that are, are wanting more in their life uh, as well. It's, it's a magical thing. Something magical and mystical happens. So it becomes far easier than, um, you know, than one might expect. Many people, there's a handful of people that can really do a good solid cleanse all by themselves. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's possible, but it's rare. It takes discipline. <laughs> it takes discipline, and also if you don't, if you get, you know, if you feel a little sluggish or a little tired, mm-hmm. you know, the mind could say, oh, something's wrong with me, or is this bad, and then you just give up, or you're scared, or something like that. So having the having some guidance and some support with, you know, with somebody to help you through that is really really important. But, yeah, as far as the, the detox part goes, first of all, we have to understand the body is always detoxing. That's one of the natural functions of the body. In mm-hmm. fact, usually between around 11 at night and 3 in the morning, that's when our body likes to detox the most. And it's doing that automatically anyway. So when we relieve the body of the burden um, of many of the things that we do that actually increase that toxicity, then the body can get down to work. So if we're eating light at night, if we're eating cleanly, or if we're avoiding the foods that put stress on the liver and put stress on the large intestine, put stress on the cardiovascular system, if we eat in such a way that we're putting less burden on the body, then the body naturally will automatically do what it's designed to do anyway. So we're really just removing the obstacles that are causing inflammation, that are causing stagnation, that are causing fatty liver fatty cells in the body. So by doing that, everything starts working better. That's the first layer of detoxification, really. And then we're adding a few substances, like you mentioned, some, some wonderful herbs. And herbs, remember, are just concentrated foods. 
and they have very specific, action, specific actions, some of which might stimulate the first phase of liver detoxification and the second phase of liver detoxification, which means grabbing onto toxins that have been stored in the liver for many years, taking them out of the body safely, and when the liver starts functioning at a higher level, not just physically but mentally and emotionally, people start feeling better, and the body starts draining itself of toxins. So, um, you know, that's that's sort of it in a nutshell. And, you know, there's a lot more science to that, but um, we, we get into that in quite a bit of detail during the cleanse. Yes, and so we're going to talk about the support that you offer because um, this is more than a usual cleanse. I really love the fact that the support is there. The classes that you do on a group level, of course, people get the book, but to be able to experience something and share it with another person or to hear how other people are going through that process is very important and very helpful. So when you say it's a blessing that you see couples doing it, that's because the support is there. It's so much easier when we do have someone else to do do it with. So um, we can talk about the support that you offer as well, but Mm -hmm. let's talk about the actual the actual process, what are we eating each week? I mean, we are lightening it up, right? And then yes. there's some yep. supplements that you use. This goes into the Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine that you're familiar with and that you're studied in. So right. what are we eating? Okay. Yeah, so again, like I said, what we do is we have a an on-off list, uh, the on list mm-hmm. and the off list. So the the first week we're focusing on, we're eliminating. We call it the elimination diet. And the biggies are going to be wheat, dairy, sugar, and then uh, coffee, alcohol. And we have good substitutes, you know, so that's, it's, it's, uh, people get over it quickly. Um, so many people, for instance, and, you know, coffee is not an evil substance, but many people are addicted to it, and many people rely on it too much for energy. So it's a really good thing to cleanse from coffee from time to time. And some people actually resonate okay with coffee, and some people it's really not good for them. And that's something that we can discover during the cleanse. So the first part of it is really elimination diet. Get those things out of the diet that are very common food sensitivities that tend to cause inflammation. And, of course, the the regular old junk food, that's that's a given, the sugar, the alcohol, you know, things like that. Um, And then we're also adding... Uh, lots of greens and leafy greens especially. And the first phase is something called kitri. And kitri is um, an Ayurvedic dish and it's made up of very specific spices including turmeric and cumin and coriander. Um, and we're adding some basmati rice, some mung beans. Mung beans are a very digestible bean that or lentil that is far more digestible than lentils, regular lentils or split peas or things like that. And um, for those people that are concerned about protein or that type of thing, it's a great source of protein. And um, so we're doing that. The, the second week we're eating a lot of kitri, and we may add in some cultured vegetables, and we're also adding a really high-quality smoothie with some really good plant-based nutrients in that smoothie. So we're basically eating kitri, and there's a lot of different recipes, different varieties of kitri. We're adding different veggies. We're adding lots of greens to that kitri during that week. So, And that's very gentle. Part of the cleanse is about simplifying the diet. So 
So you can make a, a mm-hmm. big batch. You can have it last for a couple of days. Um, you know, it just makes life really, really easy. And it's really tasty. I, I would say 99% of the people who go through the cleanse love it. And there's, you know, for somebody that doesn't, then there's always alternatives. We figure that out. Each, each day of the cleanse, we have recipes as well. And then the third week, we're going to dive into, uh, especially in the warmer weather, uh, if it's warm enough, uh, cleansing is typically best done in the fall and the spring. And so a lot of greens, a lot of veggies. We're talking lots of soups. Uh, primarily, we're going to be doing veggies and smoothies in the third week. And that's really lightening up the diet. And what happens is that by then, uh, because you've lightened up so much, you're, it's kind of like your capacity, your body's capacity to create energy um, has really shifted. So, for instance, somebody who's used to eating a lot of meat in, first, in the first week, by the third week, their body's metabolism and their capacity to utilize energy and extract plant, uh, protein from plants is enhanced. And those people find that, my gosh, I just don't feel like I need to eat as much meat as I used to. And so they, mm-hmm. they function really well. In fact, sometimes people in the third week, their energy skyrockets, and they just feel fantastic. And if it's not skyrocketing, what also happens is that people uh, just feel much more balanced and even their energy is just sustained throughout the day. It's, it's far less up and down. We're you know, going, going really busy, 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 and then crashing a little bit where by week three, people's energy tends to be very steady, very stable, and the mind becomes crystal clear, which is a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Good, okay. So then by week four, you're just really on your path uh, because you've got the energy back. I was going to ask, what about the energy? So it seems like really the first couple of days, if if someone could get over Right, the first three days, that must be the hardest. Exactly. It would yep. Mm-hmm. yep. That's exactly the most, the most, you know, in one sense, it's the most difficult part of the cleanse. And for many people, it's not even that difficult. It's really, it's not that difficult. Um, it's You're a still mindset. eating food. It's a, it's a mindset, yep. yes. Right. You're eating mm-hmm. food. And we do talk about um, timing of eating. I mean, there's some, there's an art to eating. And there's a, there's a, you know, some, misconceptions about optimal ways and timing of eating. So we do talk about that. Some people uh, intentionally want to lose some weight during the cleanse. So mm-hmm. there's ways to do that, but I do not recommend starvation, you know, that kind of thing. We want people to learn how to eat really well because, uh, you know, starving, even if you lose a few pounds, if you don't know how to eat when you come off of the cleanse, then the tendency will will to be will be to go back to you know right when you what you were doing before the cleanse. So um, we talk a lot about timing, how to eat, conscious eating. There's a whole uh, section on how to eat consciously and in a way that your nervous system um, serves the body so that you can optimally digest your food. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, that is a whole nother thing. Absolutely. Um, it's actually called the psychology of eating, right? And yes. we are engaging our parasympathetic nervous system. Exactly. When we take a moment to sit and relax, that's really key. And so you're talking about that, where we're not rushing. Like if we are driving through a drive through and eating food on the go, that is not 
that's actually causing our body to be in flight or fight response, Correct. right? Correct, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. So pack on right. What pounds. I always say to people is if you're eating the healthiest broccoli on the planet while you're running from a tiger in the jungle, you're not going to digest it very well. Ah, doesn't you know? matter what and you're eating. And it's the eating. same thing with, with mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people have a hard time conceiving these days. And part of that can be due to the high stress levels. So, you know, I sort of bring that in too. You know, if you're trying to conceive while you're running from a tiger in the jungle, it's not going to work very well either. You know, mm-hmm. because the the body's nervous system is 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 telling us that to some degree we're in danger or we have to be alert for something else. But eating, sleeping, mating, things like that are all meant to be done in a very uh, like is in a predominantly parasympathetic state, like you mentioned. So never eat standing up. Exactly. Yeah, eating standing up gives the body the the message that there's something more important or urgent here than eating. Mm-hmm. Um, so culturally, uh, especially in the West, we we don't have as much of an appreciation for these very simple ancient wisdom uh, gems like sitting down when you're eating, breathing while you're eating, chewing more, lighting mm-hmm. a candle, keeping your feet on the ground, uh, not talking as much while eating. And also one thing that's really important that we always emphasize is to not bring up stressful uh, events while you're eating. You know, give it another time. Yes, and certainly don't have an argument when you're eating. Exactly. Okay. We'll, we'll lose your appetite quickly. All right, and so you've got uh, many, many videos as well that are online in an online course as additional su- support for people right. using this course. I exactly. want to talk more about the timing of eating There is something that's really trendy these days, intermittent fasting. Correct. Yes. And, you know, there's different varieties of intermittent fasting. Um, The most basic one is giving about 12 to 15 hours um, of the day while you're not eating. And um, it's pretty Ayurvedic, actually. So in Ayurveda, they say eat like a uh, prince in the morning a king mm. or a queen at lunch, and a pauper in the evening. And generally you want to you know, have your last meal done uh, by about, you know, ideally 7 o'clock at night. So this is, this is based on Ayurvedic wisdom, but now it's being based on science. So if we go from 7 at night until 8 o'clock the next morning, we're doing intermittent fasting. And the very simple idea is that you're giving your body plenty of time to digest, assimilate, and utilize its own energy rather than just the food for energy. And also doing that, you're giving your body the chance to, um, for the body's immune system to function, for its detoxification pathways to function. And here's an analogy of, you know, say... Uh, a, a company, a, a, an industrial building, has a janitor that comes in every night at 9 o'clock and cleans up for everybody. But say there's a deadline, and so your company has to stay there and everyone's there till midnight. The guy will still come in at 10 o'clock and he'll clean up, but he's really cleaning up after everybody. So the next morning it's not going to be that clean like it typically is. So in the same way, if we eat late at night, then the body will be, the body's simple. 
and, and intelligent, and it'll just focus on digestion. So if, you're fo- if the body has to focus on digestion while we're sleeping and not focus on the immune system, not focus on detoxification, things like that, then we're going to be missing all those uh, and repair of tissue, things like that. We're going to be missing all those opportunities because we've eaten late at night. So mm-hmm. this idea of intermittent fasting, while the science is kind of cool and it's become very, very popular, it's really what the Ayurvedic wisdom has been saying for thousands of years. And then we add different things like body types, you know, what what certain body types might benefit more from a different style, like a kapha body type, which is a very big, strong-boned person. They do very, very well with intermittent fasting. I mean, they can eat one meal a day and do fantastic if they do it right. Or other types of vato or very airy person, they may not do as well with it. But still, the same principle will be there to eat lighter at night and your largest meal during the day and, and you know, a fairly light meal in the, bre- in the morning. Okay, well, thank you for clarifying that because we've read some different variations of that yes. where you're actually like not eating until one in the afternoon, skipping breakfast and that sort of thing. I like what you say about 7 p.m. to 8 a.m. to be more in the flow of the day, right? right? And so the Dalai Lama typically That's typically what most Mm -hmm. people can do. If somebody is wanting to lose weight, um, it's not, you know, one or two days a week doing something like that or eating one meal a day uh, within 24 hours can be a really good thing too because, again, you're giving your body that opportunity to go after its own stores of energy. Um, There's been a lot of issues and a lot of problems that have come up for people because of this idea of let's balance blood sugar, so let's eat every two, three hours. And some people have gotten into that mode because sort of this conception that that's how the body maintains uh, even blood sugar. But there's a lot of problems with that because what's happening is you're not giving the body a chance to figure out how to function on its own. So some people can do that intermittent fasting thing occasionally where they're going to have longer times and periods in between meals. But the beauty of Ayurveda and beauty of working with a practitioner is that you can individualize it. It's not, you know, the, this idea that everybody should be able to not eat till one in the afternoon. It's, it's really an individual type of thing. But it is mm-hmm. a nice tool to know about, and when we're cleansing, uh, that's something that we can discuss, and that's something that I, I do discuss with uh, individuals because during the cleanse, everybody has a one-on-one session with me as part of it, so um, we can identify what you know, what ways and strategies we can individualize for that person. Mm-hmm. Okay, one meal a day. Wow. Uh, and you in said in some it's cases good. that's good. No, if you do cleanse, it right. What we do is we'll mm-hmm. do two smoothies and one main meal. For some people, oh. some people will do two main meals and a smoothie and one smoothie, and so that's sort of an that's we individualize that. And so then, also with this cleanse, the smoothies—is it fruits like fruit sugar, or are we mo- mostly moving away from the fruits? You know, we do uh, some blueberries. We do berries, mm-hmm. and um, I I actually do not come from a place of um, being entirely negative towards fruit. I think fruit is a wonderful thing. If we reduce the inflammation by 
eating clean, then the body's um, metabolic mm. functions and detoxification capacities will increase. So the negatives of the so-called negatives of fructose become greatly minimized. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I that's what I see with people. When people are eating fruit alongside sort of a horrible diet, then the fruit becomes more of a problem. Strangely mm-hmm. enough, you know, fruit is uh, amazing. The amount of nutrients, phytonutrients, anti-cancer substances, uh, antioxidants that are in blueberries, for instance, are just phenomenal. So to avoid those. Uh, during a cleanse, to me, doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Well, they are superfoods. Yes, okay. They're superfoods, exactly. Mm-hmm. Super wow. Food. Okay, well, I absolutely love the support that you've got in your program. So let's talk a little bit more about your program so we can sure. make it very clear for everyone. Okay. Um, I really do love how, you know, it comes with your book. It comes with some... Um, cleanse products and then it comes with videos from you um even if people do the group program um yeah. they still get that personal session with you exactly. so thank you that i mean this is a pretty in-depth program that really supports people yes and the videos are really helpful because a lot of you know all the main stages and steps of the of the program are in five to twelve minute videos, and you can just pick a subject. Say you you know you wanted to just dive into it a little bit deeper, or just uh, be reminded. Some people you know hear better or hear and see better than they read or whatever. So it's just another strategy. Plus we have a lot of or number of breathing practices and um, exercise practices that are very easy to learn. Um, by watching the videos. So a lot of people really do utilize the videos quite a bit. So that's really helpful. And um, the Zoom classes that we'll, that we have as well, where you can get on and just ask questions once a week during your four-week uh, cleanse, is also really helpful. Yes. Uh, that's just a really good space for people to ask you anything Exactly. And share anything, and once you hear how others are doing it, so about so each week, and we focus on the diet, uh, and then there's there's you could literally wake up every morning and get your device out, whether it's your phone or your iPad or laptop or whatever, and sit and and watch one of these videos that inspires and motivates for the cleanse as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep, you just watch the video. And then we have very specific daily routines that we recommend. And uh, once you get into that, that's a whole other thing too. Um, we even talk about, you know, how the best way to fall asleep and to to um, encourage a good state of mind in the morning, how to set the tone of the morning by how you, uh, what you do in bed before you get up and what, what you do just before you touch the ground. So there's all kinds of really wonderful tips based on ancient wisdom principles that are really easy to apply that can make a really tremendous shift in your consciousness, your intentions, and your ability to actually do the cleanse. Mm-hmm. Based on ancient wisdom and ancient techniques, 
And right. I do love it because it's it's. I love the word cleanse instead of fast. You know, we know that yeah. the gurus and the aesthetics would do total fast and just move in that way. But we still get to eat here. <laughs> yeah. And that does make it a little more gentle. So right. let's talk a little bit about, we, we were talking about when we go through this process, because um, we've all done fast from time to time and maybe juice cleanses and things. And yep. isn't it interesting when the cravings come up, what is your take on that? Um, for me personally, it was, you know, what what makes pizza one of the most <laughs> things to be craved? For me, it was like pizza and um, fried chicken and French fries. Yeah. And I just, that I had to look at that. fried stuff, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like, yeah. that's what we think about. But however, at the end of the cleanse, I, I, I didn't want anything to do with those, those items. So right. it, I think right. it was an emotional clearing, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's I actually, subtle. It's, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that um, it's, it's, it's almost like when you're cleansing, you are, you're, we, we call it in Chinese medicine and, and also homeopathy, the law of cure. So sometimes these cravings will manifest. It's almost like a stage that you're going through that there's a, a way in which you're, you're cleansing the cells in your body and you're touching a certain area mm-hmm. where uh, you know, that pizza or that greasy food was actually impacting the body and its impact on the mind. And you're touching that and you're releasing it as you go through it. It's it's a really interesting phenomenon, but it, it's very very common that that all at some point you'll just have these random cravings, and um, you know even for foods that maybe sometimes people have cravings for foods that they've you know they had 30 years ago that they hardly never eat now, that all of a sudden oh my god I'm you know I'm craving you know Captain Crunch you know something like that mm-hmm. it's quite amazing. Well, it, that makes sense when you're talking about this cleanse on a cellular level. And when we talk about the emotions that are in the body, that's why this is a cleanse, rejuvenation and healing for body, mind, and soul. Because I actually, during that, that cleanse that I did, I remembered the reason I liked French fries. It was because it was very independent and liberating to me. My parents would go out to dinner when we were young children. And, you know, it was kind of a traumatic childhood as well. So to have them out of the house and for us to be alone <laughs> was like, wow, how liberating. And mm-hmm. do you know, they would ask us, what do you want for dinner? And b- this was back in the early 70s. They'd, we said sure. McDonald's. <laughs> uh-huh. So McDonald's French fries was actually that emotional yes. liberation, and that's what I saw clearing. Isn't yep. that interesting? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. It's, it's such a strong connection between, you know, cravings and, and um, you know, the, the mental body and emotional body. So many connections there. So it's and nice, and that's a big part of I mean, like you said, you, you keep bringing it back to the point, which is really my whole point of of, of writing this book and, and presenting the cleanse and even changing the name of the cleanse of something from total body cleanse to the total life cleanse because it is really about our entire life. You know, it's about who we are as human beings, what we're here for, um, asking better questions 
about life and ourselves and you know better questions about who am I, why am I here, and also how can I make my life better? Um, how do I, how can I step out of the you know the of the zone of just going along with the sheep of life and being an individual and really um, being the best you you can be? And um, and because you know the Ayurvedic model that I that we sort of come from is includes consciousness includes you know your you could say your soul your very essence as part of the cleanse program and in fact when we kind of uh, take away the things that obscure uh, your own essence we start feeling uh, more awake more present more aware more conscious and even more uh, more bliss more happiness more connection uh, with ourselves and with others and with the universe so uh, it's, it's quite amazing what can happen when we make some significant uh, changes. And like you said, it is not a fast. And one of the reasons we do that is because um, when it's over, we all have to go back. We all will go back to eating. I mean, that's just that's done done this for 21 years, and there's nobody who has stopped eating after this cleanse. You know, so people. <laughs> People will go back to eating, and the goal really is to create a quantum shift in how we approach our diet, how we approach our life, how we approach our daily practices, and that we have an awareness that all these things have meaning and they matter, and it doesn't have to take you know, hours and hours out of the day. Some of these things can take seconds, but if we have the right orientation and we have some really common sense wisdom and knowledge that we that we resonate with, it can make a huge difference in our lives. Yes, absolutely. And so this is a high vibrational diet as well. I don't even want to use the word diet, but this is what it's mean. This is what we all mean when we say, you know, high vibrational foods. It right. is the plant kingdom. Uh, and plants are actually quite amazing you know we've we've heard on this program when you have a garden and when you eat from your garden and this can get really out there you know some people say you know put your bodily fluid in with the garden whether that's oh, interesting. Uh-huh. urine or yeah, yeah. saliva then the yeah. plants will actually respond and give you what you need from that so mm-hmm. it's really quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when you look at, you know, and so this is the good news. Um, let's talk a little bit about tofu and plant um, protein. There's sure. a lot of shifts in this market. Um, some yeah. say you can't eat tofu anymore from the GMO, but you can get non-GMO. And then there's some who say there's estrogens. So what do we do there with plant protein? Because now on the marketplace, you can see, isn't it funny we like to mimic chicken nuggets? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah, I think even uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken is now having a uh, Mm plant-based version of that. Which is which is funny with the Beyond Meat and everything like that, you know, those, mm-hmm. all those veggie burgers that are coming out, um, which is quite interesting. I so mean, yeah, soy is an okay. soy is an interesting yeah. topic. Um, mm-hmm. It it um, well, first of all, the, the the more digestible form of soy is really going to be in the form of um, tempeh, 
because it's it's been um, fermented. So okay. because of that, it's it's been some of the protein structures have been broken down, so it's an easier uh, form of soy. And yes, on the other hand, soy is one of the, the most GMO produced, um, you know, foods in, on the planet. And I don't recommend that anybody eats inorganic, genetically modified soy, uh, pretty much ever, pretty much ever. Um, the, the 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 soy was sort of this when I was a kid when it first came out it was it was the latest it was the greatest thing that could happen um, you know the it, it was it, it was said to prevent breast cancer it was said to prevent prostate cancer and then it it pendulumed the other direction it was like wait a minute it's got estrogens in it so therefore it's going to promote cancer and it's going to promote uh, prostate cancer um, so what the really found now the science is really coming out, and that's one of the good things about science, is that it does not promote cancer. Soy will not promote cancer. But genetically modified soy will probably, will, will cause more problems by far than the estrogen in the soy. The estrogen in the soy is not a, it's not going to make, you know, men grow breasts. Uh, it's not, it's just not going to do that. Having said that, it's not the easiest protein on the planet to digest. Some people have a bit of a problem with it. Um, it may be partly because they've developed a sensitivity because of all the soy that is in food, and they already have a gut that's a little bit compromised, and then soy is a common allergen. So that's, that's, that's a possibility. Soy is genetically modified in many cases. So, uh, you know, people could be, people are sent, tend to be sensitive to soy, and that's an important reality. But for those people that aren't sensitive to soy, I mean, I don't recommend uh, people drinking soy milk. That was what we did in this culture at first when soy was regarded in a very positive way where everyone was drinking soy milk, soy protein powder, soy this, soy that, and we just had way too much soy. It was completely unnatural. Um, but a little bit of tempeh, a little bit of soy from uh, reasonable sources, I, I feel is, is fine if you're not sensitive to it. It's not going to mess up the hormones by doing that. I just don't see soy as a food that people should be eating, you know, on a daily basis. Mm. Okay. You know, that's there's enough. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Sure. So there's enough uh, protein, as you discussed, once we get through this uh, this shift in through the diet, like by the week three, our body's metabolism has shifted, and now we're able to extract the protein from the plants. So Correct. plant protein is all the leafy greens. Absolutely. You know, anything that has structure, anything that has structure has protein. You know, if it, if it, if it has structure, it has to have protein, because that's what protein does. It gives us gives us structure, it rebuilds tissue. So if a plant is a strong and sturdy plant, it's going to have protein in it. And you know, ounce per ounce, um, broccoli has more protein than animals, than cow. Or, wow. or spirulina has more you know, ounce per ounce. Yeah. Now, it's a little harder to have as much ounces of broccoli than it is you know, animal meat, but it's a very good source of protein. And legumes, a lot of, a lot of people have issues with legumes or, you know, they get gassy or bloated. That's why we recommend the, the mung beans during the cleanse because they're so easy to digest. But as we heal the gut 
And as the inflammation comes down in the body, then those foods become easier and easier to digest. The legumes, the chickpeas, the you know, lentils, the, the different black beans, whatever, they become much easier to digest. And those are a rich source of protein as well. Yes, beautiful. Okay. Well, uh, Jonathan Glass, you have a special offer. It is available at AcousticHealth.com slash specialoffers slash Jonathan. And that is a 28-day program with a ton of your support. Really good there. Also a private community uh, Facebook group for people to share on that platform as well. Lots of videos there. Uh, personal classes with you. You've also got the option for a personal one-on-one -on -one package where that includes four, uh, actually a total of five uh, sessions with you and then also those group sessions as well. Thank you so much for that. For those who are ready to upgrade in this sense, here is a transformational program. We invite you to take a look at that. Well, Jonathan, as we close our call today, I'd like you to share a little bit about this soul connection, harnessing the power of our soul for healing. Mm. There is a correlation here. Uh, a spiritual connection is actually a requirement in our world today. Mm -hmm. Some could say higher consciousness, expanded consciousness. But share a little bit of, about this because our healing comes with this soul connection. Absolutely. So the fir first thing to think about is the, the soul is the igniter of the body. So if anybody has ever seen a person die or, or you know, been with someone they love as they pass away, it's quite a remarkable uh, difference when, the, when, when that entity, what we call it in, in Sanskrit the atma or the, the soul, the self, when that atma leaves the body, then that body that's there, it's, it's very tangible that that person is gone. You know, whether it's a dog or a human or whatever, it, that entity is gone. So that consciousness that has been like a lamp igniting the vital force in the body has left. It's just a body. It's just something made up of the, what's the five elements, earth, water, fire, air, and ether. So that's number one. So we know that the vital life force is coming from something inside of us. And in Ayurveda, they call it the Atma, the, the soul, that consciousness. So when we, when we cleanse, we remove, it's kind of like we have all these lampshades covering us, and some of them are painted with dark colors. And, and so we start removing the lampshades. You can say that's the detoxification. When we remove the lampshades, then what happens is our, our essence, our internal essence, who we really are as a person, we call that the sfarup, or the essence of the of the being, begins to manifest and shines through. Where does it shine through? People see it shine through the eyes, through the sound of the voice, um, through the uh, there's photographs now through through the Karelian photography or the, through the aura, the light that's emanating from the body is coming from that consciousness within. 
And then as we cleanse, the other thing is when we start to identify more with our inner being than with the physical, then we start also creating a universe or a world that we're no longer uh, being influenced by what one of my teachers used to call skin disease. And skin disease is being, one, overly identified with the body, but it's also over-identified with a nationality or the color of someone's skin or the nature of someone's skin, whether skin disease can also be overly identified as being um, uh, being attached to the fact that I'm man or I'm woman, I'm black, I'm white, I'm, you know, I'm this nationality, I'm that nationality. Because if we're not making that interconnection, then we have to. We, we will always identify with the body that we have. Um, and and compare it with this with another body, but as we cultivate a deeper inner awareness of who we are as living entities, that we are that spiritual consciousness. That's who we really really are, because we are that because that 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 which continues after death. That's who we are. The body is like a temporary suit, but the body can be a big obstacle or it can be a fantastic vessel to help us realize who we are. The body is an amazing tool. It can help us realize who we are, or it can be a tremendous obstacle. And cleansing is an opportunity to reduce the body's tendency to be an obstacle and use it as a super opportunity to grow physically, mentally, and spiritually while we have a body. Yes. Be in an alliance with your body. Okay, it's through that inner connection. I love it. The inner connection that takes us beyond the body and beyond our awareness of the body. That's very deep, and that's why I love this conversation, and I love your Total Life Cleanse program because it's full gamut of the spectrum of healing and health and well-being, and it does mean the the body, the mind, and the soul. So thank Absolutely. you so much, Jonathan. As we say goodbye, I just would like you to share why this is such an important mission for you. You were really on uh, some light and coded mission for the planet. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Lorraine. It's been a really uh, a wonderful pleasure, and I, I just think what you're doing is so amazing, and the uh, the questions that you're asking are, are just so beautiful. Um, yeah, it's a mission for me. It's something I've been very passionate about for a long time. Um, I, at some point in my life, I just was blessed to, by various teachers, um, gurus, um, friends, to that really inspired a understanding in me that it's all about love and it's all about our consciousness and on the other hand um, being in denial about the fact that we have a body that we have a life that we have to function we have relationships we have jobs we have you know material needs in this life so how do we function um, in reality and not in denial and at the same time grow spiritually and that's really been a real passion of mine so the cleanse is really a synthesis of how can we um, still maintain being practical, real, you know, down-to-earth human beings 
while at the same time we remove the layers of denial and the layers and the obstacles to really recognizing our true divine identity while we're walking on this planet. And at some point in my life, I just got really clear that that was really important to me. And um, some of the things that I've learned, I just became really passionate about um, sharing that with others. And we've been getting great results. And, you know, people, the most so-called cosmic to the most so-called ordinary people have done this cleanse. You do not have to be cosmic and you don't have to be ordinary. You can just be a you can just be you. And because you're a human being, no matter if you're human, you will benefit from this cleanse, I can assure you. And you'll become a superhuman at the same time. Exactly. An upgraded exactly. human. Uh, an expanded upgraded consciousness. Human. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you will expand consciousness and you, you will, will experience the no love doubt. of your soul. Yes. No doubt. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Jonathan Glass. This has been a beautiful, beautiful conversation. I really appreciate your time today. You are an esteemed practitioner and the creator and author of The Total Life Cleanse. Thank you for being here, Jonathan. Thank you, Lorraine. Well, if you are ready to go more on your leafy greens and eat some kitchery, then go ahead and do this 28-day total life cleanse. It is the same as a moon cycle, and it is in tune with that cosmic force. So a beautiful program for you with a lot of support from the esteemed Jonathan Glass. Again, that special offer is available at AcousticHealth.com slash specialoffers slash Jonathan, and it is also available on the webpage that you're listening to this episode on. We invite everyone to check it out. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone. It is time now to uh, really have fun and dance our way to the cosmic heart. Enjoy.
quantum conversation. And thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all quantum conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. The conference is now completed. Goodbye.